art, comedy, pop culture, and much more. You're listening to ACPN. They say it's not about the destination, but the journey. And while every story has a beginning, we're here to talk about the end. Hey everybody, Podcast Rob. James Hatton. And we are here for another fun-filled episode of The End. The End. Hello? What's going on, sir? Oh, like you just, you just stopped talking. Oh, they heard something. The audience did. But uh, I've changed the settings on my recorder, so uh, unless I'm very loud, you don't. So we don't have, while we're playing video games, you don't hear the weird moaning of the horror movies in the background while we're recording things. Yes, but when we're recording things, it helps to be able to hear what you're saying. Nah. So. Okay. (laughs) On that, what are we watching today? So uh, this episode of The End... Uh, is a TV show from the late 80s that also, oddly enough, begins with the. (laughs) But it has a much earlier letter in the episode after that. As a matter of fact, the earliest episode in the alphabet, uh, the earliest letter in the alphabet one could have, uh, we're discussing the series finale of the A-Team. Yes, the pilot episode of the alphabet. Yes. (laughs) The one where all the actors were different. It made yeah. a different sound entirely. <laughs> like, completely. <laughs> um, like, I, I, so, uh, I haven't seen the A-Team in years, and clearly I haven't seen all of the episodes of the A-Team, but uh, there were, uh, the episodes are free on Peacock, so we're like, cool, let's go in and, and check it out. Oh, there's only, there's only nine episodes in, in the last season in season five. Huh, okay. Who the fuck are these people? <laughs> like there were like I had no idea who some of the people in this episode were. Uh, so the principal people are still there, um, but there was like you know extra people on the team, and I'm like who? It's like it's like they added Nikki and Paolo from Lost to the to the A team team, and I'm like who the hell are these people? Why is that your point of reference? <laughs> An interesting thing about A team, this sits in that weird bubble of shows that our age difference comes into play where this was like prime time. The thing, like I'm sure your friends and stuff watched and talked about in, I don't know, middle school or whatever. Um, I've never, I've never watched it. I know my brother watched it. I know my elder, my older sister watched it. I I've never seen an episode of the A team and was surprised. I knew the theme song because it's a, it's a iconic theme song. Everybody knows the theme song. Like you can't really get away from the theme song. Um, I knew a couple of the bits, so I wasn't like completely confused why they're, you know, slipping Mr. T a, um, a roofie before they fly. Like I knew that, but conceptually I had no idea why they are the A team. What happened to the B through Z team? I had (laughs) no idea. So there's actually 13 episodes in season five, which is how it started. Season one had uh, 14 episodes. And then, uh, yeah. 
this and is then this, this is going to be yeah this is going to be an interesting episode of the end for us because unlike other shows that we've done that have had like a series finale where they try to wrap stuff up in homage to the fans and everything else this just got canceled halfway through the last season <laughs> so the the last episode didn't did not only did it not tie things up but it it was kind of lame it didn't do much at all now all right before we get into the to the meat and potatoes of this episode <laughs> give me a brief just a quick elevator pitch as to what the premise of this show is because what i got from it is that these is a group of gentlemen who if they were in normal public, would be arrested or did something wrong in the past. So now they're under the thumb of this government agency. So they do good work, but they're not bad guys, but they did something bad. And now we're here. Is that vaguely correct? Uh, pretty much. I, I do okay. want to point out that hilariously, even though this was the last episode that aired because it got canceled halfway through the season. This was also the highest rated episode of this season. So that's, people went to say goodbye and then were like, oh, a pizza place. Not a very good sign. So, uh, okay, so would you like the you would like the elevator pitch? I'm sure. not even going to create my own elevator pitch. I am merely going to give you, if you had not heard, because I don't even know in season five that they did the the true opening that you had in like season one and two. Um, so like as they're doing the before the theme song kicks in and before they start giving the opening titles, you have this very kind of CSI kind of voiceover thing. So I don't know that you got all that, but I'm just going to read you the voiceover because that's, that's what gives you the whole elevator pitch. In, 19 Sam oh, sorry. Go ahead. in 1972, sorry. a crack commando unit was sent to prison by a military court for a crime they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a maximum security stockade to the Los Angeles underground. Today, still wanted by the government, they survive as soldiers of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can hire the A-Team. That's exactly it. That is yeah. 100% it. And hoping the next time he leaps will be the leap home. How yes. come they don't do that anymore? I think that's a great premise at the beginning of a show. Like, that's a very old school thing to give a 10 second synopsis so everybody's caught up ever. I wonder why yeah. shows don't do that anymore. I don't know why this one stopped, but when I watched this on on the, on the bird, you know, streaming service, on the Peacock, <laughs> uh, it didn't have that, that lead in in the beginning. No. And I was kind of like, I was curious as to why at first, like I wasn't sure if it was a, was it a licensing thing? Did they just not do it in the second half of the, uh, of the, the run? Did they stop at some point? I, I couldn't tell you. Perhaps this episode was so long they needed to use the short opener. That's probably not it. I, I doubt that's it too. No. But, uh, um. So bring us through this one, because I, you have more of a knowledge as to who's in the what's in the now, because this episode, even I could tell, not knowing depthful stuff, but knowing the show is much more action-packed, explodey, like the opening trailer shows, I'm sure, a best of hits from previous seasons where like helicopters oh, sure. are flying into mountains and whole... Yep. 
army depots are blowing up. And like this episode is very much so games on. So this episode, uh, episode 13 of season five titled without reservations, um, probably the most un a team episode out of all the a team episodes that have ever aired. Um, uh, definitely out of all the ones I've ever seen. Um, so the whole thing, when it comes to the a team, like all the tropes that everybody knows is there's going to be a lot of explosions and gunfights in which nobody actually gets hurt. Uh, there's going to be uh, some really cool montage action sequences in which uh, the team and and BA build some sort of ultra armored getaway vehicle out of some random crap that's just lying around in some garage or scrapyard somewhere. Um, and then, you know, mere moments before the law shows up, uh, the, the A-team disappears off into the night. And gets, you know, a profuse thank you by whoever it was who hired them just as, you know, the sirens appear in the background and, and off they go kind of thing. Uh, this episode really didn't have much of that at all. Uh, it started with some some crazy action stuff because uh, they were uh, landing a plane after a mission or they were picking up uh, they were picking up Hannibal and Face and B.A., uh, at some airstrip in, like, the woods. Right. And uh, they show Murdoch trying to land this plane, and, of course, they, you know, they inject Mr. T with whatever it is so that he passes out because I ain't getting no plane with no Murdoch. Um, <laughs> a quick side note. I can't, I, I swear, I only glanced really quick, but I swear the thing they inject him with, it, it said Novocaine. I, you're probably right. I know they did They did show it at some point. And um, I don't even that, think it matters. Right. You know. No, I know, but it's just Novocaine. That's not what Novocaine does. <laughs> no, it could have been liquid red vines at that point. And everybody would have been like, oh, cool. They just got to knock BA out. That's fine. Right. Whatever. Just hit him in the back of the head with a gun butt. Um, so the thing that I found hysterically awesome is that this show, not only did this show not age well, but this show probably didn't age well when it originally aired. Like I think a lot of a lot of the cool factor comes from just the crazy nostalgia, but I love the fact that it's obviously a certain type of camera resolution that is being shot as a close up while face is just sawing the wheel back and forth of a truck that clearly not only doesn't have any wheels, but is also <laughs> probably just up on blocks right. in front of a green screen. But the camera is so tight that you don't get the edges or the top of the vehicle whatsoever. It's literally just the front of the truck, the windshield, and a little bit that's behind it because it's one of those canvas-covered uh, armor, uh, canvas-covered personnel character uh, carriers, military personnel carriers, and you've got. George Papard is Hannibal standing behind him with this big fucking BAR rifle. And you've got Murdoch slumped over, you know, in face's sh uh, shoulder. Um, 
and it's super tight on them in a kind of a clear resolution. And then it cuts to what looks like eight millimeter film of outside <laughs> of military jeeps driving erratically down this dirt road. And then it's another quick cut to George Papard, you know, having crazy amounts of recoil on this gun that he at his age shouldn't be able to wield whatsoever and fire. And then it's back to the crazy grainy footage of the the guys being you know driven outside and jeeps are blowing up and flipping off ramps and rolling off into the woods and you know everybody gets up and dusts themselves off and walks away with a slight limp kind of thing it's um, b-roll from like a world war ii newsreel it was so jarring that i'm watching it going like i was almost embarrassed for like 12 year old me like wow this was this was the shit back in the day like, really? The original audio said, the boys return from facing the crowds overseas. Yeah, and like, the that whole opening part has absolutely nothing to do with the entire rest of the episode. Nope. It's, it's almost just like they filmed the episode and then realized, holy shit, we don't have like an action sequence in this at all, so we need to... We need to do something about this. So they kind of refilmed it and added it at the front. Um, As a quick aside, this and this may lead to a, a future episode because it's I, it's something we'd never thought about. That driving thing, the tight shot in the car and the person driving their hand on the wheel. But they're just sort of you could tell there's no resistance. It's just sure. a wheel. Just wab it, wab it, wab it, wab it. And driving in a way that nobody drives immediately takes me out of a scene. It immediately, oh. I notice it every time. Oh, they're not driving. Okay, this is not an actual driving scene. They're not even good at acting to drive. Right. So, sorry, that was just a quick aside that it, the fact that he had that wheel and it was, it was, it had no moorings. It was, it was a ball bearing and a wheel. Totally was like, ah, I see what they did. Yeah. So, uh, to add on to that aside, I've had it floating around in the back of my head for quite a long time that we should probably do an episode about like the worst blue screen slash green screen scenes in TVs and movies. And I think oh. this might this might just make the list because it was really, really terrible. But nonetheless, we get yeah, done with the continue. mission. And like this is a holdover from something that either happened off camera or that happened episodes prior. Nobody fucking knows. We're just finishing an ep uh, we're finishing a mission. Uh, Murdoch is picking us up. Flying away in our in our crazy plane. Okay, cool. Uh, and then it's like, hey, uh, hey, face. Can I borrow another white button down shirt for my job? Because I, I need a clean one. Uh, oh, okay, sure. What what's your job? Oh, he works as a he works as a waiter at this Italian restaurant. It's yeah, not an Italian um, restaurant. It's a pizza joint. It's a pizza joint with four tables. Why does he have a day job? Is that a gimmick? Is that a thing that happens in the series that like, oh, I mean, he's always getting into jobs. Like one episode, he's a janitor. The next episode, he's a jewelry salesman. Is that I'm going to be honest. I, I haven't seen enough okay, fair recently enough. to know that they've had like random. I mean, I mean, these guys are basically kind of like, uh, sure, it's the L.A. underground. So they say they're in the, you know, the, they're part of the L.A. underground now. But like. I'm sure there were episodes where, like, they had random odd jobs kind of thing just because, hey, it's we've been in between missions for quite a while, so we need to do something. You know, it's like if if the crew of Serenity was like, hey, we got to wait tables just for a day to put fuel in the ship because we haven't had a job in months. 
yeah, okay, fine, whatever. I get it. Who cares? Why he's the only one that needs the job. That's it. Yeah. You know, that's the, who who knows at that point? I don't know. It was also the episode where Murdoch was the most un-Murdoch, because he's supposed to be the crazy, insane guy of the group, and it was just like, he was he was talking all normal for like most he, of the episode, and working as a waiter, and the brains of the operation for is like he the, 90% of the show. Is he the brains of the operation? No, Hannibal is the brains of the operation. I was going to say. Hannibal is the brains, face is the face guy, obviously, BA is the muscle, and Murdoch is like the, he's the pilot of the group, but he's also like the, the wacky kind of comic sidekick kind of thing of the group. I mean, he holds his own. There's not, I wouldn't say that there's one member of the team that is weaker than any of the other members of the team, but they all have their roles. It's like a and d party. Everybody has their, their, their gimmick sure. that they play. But like in this episode... It was like, it was almost like when, it was almost like when the Super Troopers guys did Club Dread. Mm -hmm. Because everybody was so used to Ramathorn is the brains, and this dude is the, is the, the asshole and the jerk, and this guy's the crazy guy. And all that stuff switched when they did Club Dread. Like, all the archetypes, they started playing different archetypes than what people were mostly used to. And everybody was like, well, what the fuck is this? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like everybody yeah. was playing against type. It felt like that in this episode where a lot of people were just kind of playing, a, either they were playing against type or they just didn't have anything to really do. Like and BA didn't do shit this entire episode except have headphones on and talk about the football game. Like that was it. Okay, great, fine, whatever. Oh, and he punched I one guy. Right, and if he's supposed to be the if if he was supposed to be the comedy guy, he really is subdued through this whole thing. Right, he is yeah. like, and he I understand was, it's a heist, and he's trying to be like plot, and he's trying to be, but he really he comes across as depressed. <laughs> he comes across like I used to be really great, but now I have to work in an Italian restaurant. Yeah, it was uh, the the overarching story is he's working in an Italian restaurant in a city that has been having a lot of robberies. So uh, these guys come in very typical late 80s kind of Italian wannabe kind of guys with the way the guy's talking. Mm -hmm. uh, and and Murdoch happens to know that the guy's got a gun. Um, and he's invited the rest of his crew to come down. No, come on. I told you I was going to invite you to dinner, blah, blah, blah. Great. So face and what's his name show up, uh, Frankie Santana, who I swear to you, I have no idea who this dude is or when he, apparently he was a character they added in season five. Okay. Before that was never part of the team at all. You know, Frankie um, Santana. He's yeah. cousin, the cousin Oliver of eighteen. So, so Templeton and Frankie go to dinner at the uh, at the Italian Jurnt, and uh, like Murdoch keeps going over to them at their table. You know, like realizing that there's problems or that there's something shady going on. And these guys are like, "What? Like we came here to eat dinner? What are you talking about?" Turns out. The gun's not registered. He doesn't have a license for it. They're obviously here doing something shady. They think they're going to be here to rob the joint. So, you know, right. uh, again, Murdoch goes through the whole kind of plan as to how they're going to thwart this armed robbery. 
and this continues on. How many people are, how many villains are in the restaurant? Because this was something that I was sort of, huh, about. Because I would presume, even from the opening credits, the A-team have taken down aircraft carriers of foot soldiers. Like, three dudes in pinstripe suits have, like, completely flummoxed them. It, it felt like this was probably way below their pay grade that, you know, it's it's D&D style when you're level 10 and you're like, oh, there's a, there's a bunch of giant rats and you go, OK, we kill them. And the DM goes, OK, cool. Next room. Right. Why? Why? <laughs> I think it was because, I mean, the story itself kind of lent itself as to why sort of clearly these weren't just thugs that were going to come in and uh and knock over this pizza joint um and the fact that the fact that the team was split up that you had hannibal and ba back at hannibal's place and you had murdoch you know waiting tables and face and frankie sitting there waiting for food um i think the biggest linchpin of the whole thing was when they try to thwart what they think is going to be the robbery and face gets shot. Like, this is probably the worst anybody has gotten shot in any episode of the A-Team ever. Like, it wasn't just, oh, you know, he grazed me in the arm and I'm going to need some stitches, but I'm going to tough it out. It's not too bad. No, this was like, he's lost a lot of blood. If we don't get him to a hospital in 20 minutes, he's not going to make it kind of shot. So and now you've got him lying in the kitchen, you know, with fucking tablecloths stacked up on him while the waitress is, is applying pressure to the wound, and then everybody else trying to act normal because we find out it's not just a robbery. What did it turn out to be? Oh, they are trying to... Uh, the, the attorney general has a reservation, and so they are going to off him while he's there. <clears throat> and there's a whole sequence of verifying he's coming and making sure his table's ready and, and yada, yada. Uh, a quick aside to, Oh crud. It's gone now. Oh, when he gets shot, when Murdoch gets shot there, face gets shot. I'm sorry. Face. Yep. There was part of me that was immediately reminded of supernatural. The end in that, like, oh, we've done five years of gone and saving America when nobody's looking. And now one of our own is going to die in the most dumbest way possible. I was like, oh, is this just like a deeper message? That's actually pretty impressive for an episode in the late 80s. No, nothing. Nope, 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 nope. Um, so the hitmen are not robbers. They are hitmen. And now it is imperative that... We save, we stop them because the attorney general's on the line. Uh, So now Murdoch is trying to get a message out to the rest of the crew, including what I suppose is supposed to be a amusing sequence uh, where B.A. shows up, got his big old can headphones on, listening to the game, completely oblivious to the fact that nobody's saying a word and everybody's staring around awkwardly. I wanted, I was, I was upset there was not a more Mr. T in this episode. Because if there's one person, I, I mean, A-Team is synonymous with T. Um, I, I would have loved to, to sort of 
get a big old T action sequence, and he has this one sequence that makes him look like a blithering idiot. Yeah. Um, and that's even before we see George Papard back at home, because that's a subplot I had. My eyes are blind. He has it's- a date. Yeah, he has a date with a girl who's supposed to apparently be some sort of college student. Um, she looks like she's 30, pretending to be a 20-year-old actress who's playing an 18-year-old. Like, that's how the whole thing felt to me. It felt very weird. And like, I understand. Like, she's, like yeah. the last time somebody saw her dressed like that, she was on the magazine cover that came in a plastic bag at some, <laughs> at some bodega with some name on it that, like, nobody knows the name of this magazine or they've ever heard of because it's not one of the top two or three. Right. Now, and so he's been sort of waylaid from his date to watch the football game with B.A. And again... 80s family show sort of silly like every time he talks he's like throwing the most obvious dripping innuendo basically because we have to watch the game it's it's the the bears versus the whomever and he's like yeah but i have a date he goes bring her along yeah but we're supposed to be fucking yeah like <laughs> like that's real the whole episode ba goes for the pizza he comes back and they're literally neck deep in each other. Yeah. Look, I brought a pizza. <laughs> it's yeah. so silly. And he tell, so tell us he, about this pizza. he orders he orders sausage and pepperoni pizza, and they get it home and he opens it. This is the hysterical thing. <laughs> BA opens the box of pizza. He takes a slice of pizza out of the box. He eats the box of uh, he eats the slice of pizza. He eats the and box then, and then goes ah, anchovies. And and uh, Hannibal, what's the matter with this pizza? So Hannibal has to take it, opens the box, and it is a plain cheese pizza, and with like eleven pieces of anchovy total, spells out the word help. But there is a slice of pizza missing. Because B.A. is currently holding it and has taken a bite out of said slice. Now, this slice of pizza that B.A. is holding in no way, shape or form contributes to the spelling of the word help. Right. Yet Hannibal looks at it and scrunches up his eyes and goes, B.A., hand me that slice of pizza. Puts the slice of pizza back into the pie minus the bite which doesn't in any way, shape, or form contribute to what is being spelled. And then there's a three-second pause, and he's like, help. I think Murdoch's in trouble. <laughs> it's the guy on Wheel of Fortune who has one letter missing. A stitch in time failed. saves yeah. beef. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's like, I'm like, are you... Okay, whatever. Whatever. Helba. Helka. <laughs> Helta, helt, somebody being held. What? So, so they hop in the they hop in the van, which isn't even BA's van, apparently, because you know they they're going out in public now. We have to kind of you know keep it on the down low, and uh, and they're kind of casing the outside of the joint, and they're they're looking inside and seeing that that you know face is there and Murdoch is there, cool, and there's this other oh. married couple in the corner, and. 
they call up to try to get a get a feel for what's going on, and Hannibal starts talking Italian, tries to order in Italian, and one of the mafia thugs is the one who answers the phone and is basically like, "What are you talking that crazy for? You speak English. We're closed. Don't even come here." Hangs up the phone. And, 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 and really the, quick. Yeah, the guy who's ru- like running the whole sting operation is like, what was that about? He goes, I don't know. Some guy was talking Italian. He's like, what, what are you, stupid? You can't just, you just tell people we're closed. Don't even, don't try to talk. Don't try to get wise with them. Um, but it's just so, a real quick that we, sh- uh, we should address that his uh, speaking in Italian was sitcom level Italian. It oh, was, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Scongili sp- spaghetti, pasta fazool, cappuccino, al dente. Like, uh. It was Joni Loves Chachi level of Italian. Yes. Continue. So as there's, as Hannibal and B.A. are sitting outside in the van, uh, one of the local cops arrive, you know, 60-year-old dude on the beat, whatever. Officer O'Malley. Um, yeah, yeah, who has been in the, he's already been in the restaurant, and, you know, he's, he's said hi to the owner, got his pizza, cool, uh, left before any of the weird shenanigans started. Um, and now we're like, oh, they're busted because they're, you know, they're, they're caught. Now they got to come up with some excuses to why they're sitting outside this restaurant with binoculars. And they try to tell him that, you know, oh, we're looking for directions. So they get directions from, from the cop on this bullshit place that they need to try to go to. And they go to pull off and they're like, hey, isn't that Frankie's car? I have an idea. Frankie's driving like a 1978 Cutlass Supreme. <laughs> it was my first car. That car reminded me so much of my first car. 83 Cutlass. Exactly. So, uh, you know, five, ten minutes go by. There's a knock on the back door. You know, Face is lying there in a puddle of his own blood. The waitress is trying to stop the bleeding. Everybody outside is panicked about what's going on, waiting for the attorney general to show up. Knock on the back door. Open the back door, and there's Hannibal holding, like, a napkin covered in ketchup up to his face. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's terrible. The carnage, the accident. I need to use your phone. What? what? Okay. What's going on? So one of the other guys goes outside. He's like, oh, my God, there's a car that's on fire out there. Apparently, they just lit, you know, Frankie's car on fire, and B.A.'s Mm -hmm. lying on the ground. So the dude comes over with a fire extinguisher and he goes to put the fire out and it's the most <laughs> stupid like comedy fight fight sequence ever. The dude bends over to put the fire out and while BA's lying on his back, fist just shoots straight up from the yes. ground. Like <laughs> dude takes it in the chin, rocks back and then does the slow fall behind him and that's like the entire fight sequence. Like Great. a night of the living dead poster. Exactly. The punch just goes straight up and catches him perfectly square in the chin. Stupid. Ugh. So now they bust in, you know, they they take the fight to the bad guys. Uh the attorney general kind of comes in and he's like, "What's going on in here?" Um it's just it was the worst. It was just really bad. It was, it was a even if this series, even if the season had continued on, um, this was a bad episode. It it, yeah. it was just not one hundred percent. It was if if this was the the episode that decided whether I was going to watch any more of the A Team, um, and it's the it's the sort of show that I would probably like, I'm just going to binge this old thing. Like I did it with Airwolf a while back. Um, 
I, I wouldn't. Because this was cornball. Uh, and I guess the A-Team had some cornballness. I knew some of the, the gimmicks, but it, it felt very cheap. Like, you called it when we were discussing doing this. It was a ship in a bottle episode. It was, how can we get through this episode without spending any money whatsoever? All right, cool. Build an Italian restaurant. We will use six stock actors. Nobody's got to go anywhere. We'll light a car that we got for 50 bucks on fire. So here's an interesting thing that I found out while I was researching this episode. So I don't know how often these episodes, like these were clearly not. So you had an episode on the 14th of November, 21st November, 28th of November. Great. You know, we're going on to like weekly and then we kind of split and go to December 2nd, uh, December 12th. I'm sorry, is the spy who mugged me. And then on December 30th, a full 18 days later, we have the gray team. And then the next episode from December 30th is March 8th of 1987, which is when this episode aired. Now, according to trivia, and I have not, I have not researched deep enough to know whether or not this is 100% fact or why it changed or anything else, but this is just an interesting piece of trivia, is in the final scene of that episode of Without Reservations, uh, Murdoch's t-shirt says, Almost Finny, even though this was the last episode. Because in the previous episode, which would have been The Grey Team, his shirt says, Finny, because that was supposed to be the final episode, and it was the final episode until the season five reruns in 1987. Huh. They screened the extra episode and flipped it. So I have, I have no idea why. I don't have any insight into that. But because of the way those episodes were flipped and because there was no order for the rest of the season, uh, the final word spoken in the entire A-Team television series is anchovies. <sighs> a a another note of sort of, well, writings on the wall trivia. Looking at the time slots of the show. Oh, they were all over the place towards the end. That last season... Uh, previously, it's it's Tuesday night, 8 or 9 o'clock. It jumps back and forth 8 or 9 o'clock quite a bit, I'm guessing because of football or whatever is going on on ABC at the time. Or NBC, I don't even know. 86-87, um, episodes 1 through 8, Friday at 8. Episode 9, Tuesday at 9. Episode 10 and 11, Friday at 8. Episode 12, Tuesday at 8. Episode 13, Sunday at 8. Like, that's clearly a show that the network has said, ugh, we, ha we were obligated to show it because we paid them. We have advertisers, but just put it wherever. Um, so it doesn't surprise me that there was a bit of episode flip-flopping because they just didn't give a shit. I mean, it really feels like... So yeah, if you look at... If, if, let's look at season one. Season one, episode one was Sunday at nine. Episodes two and three were Sunday at ten. Episodes four through 14, Tuesday at eight. And then season two, season three, season four. It was Tuesday at 8 p.m. except for one episode that was Tuesday at nine. Probably because something preempting it 
whatever else. Who cares? Yeah. President, then, like football, you, whatever. Then, like you said, once they move from, they go to Friday, then to Tuesday, then to Tuesday, then to Sunday. Like, that is an, that is a show that is hemorrhaging viewers. And they're just trying to find a slot to put it on so they can kind of work out the rest of the contract. That is, you are correct. That is entirely what that is. Um, yeah. We're saying goodbye. Just, you'll see it later. Yeah. If we look at the, does it even show? I don't even, it doesn't even show like original ratings or anything where I'm looking at. No, I do see, yeah, I see season ratings. So like I have uh, the, the first season was 20.1 tied with Monday Night Football. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so like 1982, 83 tying with Monday Night Football. That's amazing. Yeah. A rating of, and I assume that's rating is, that's a, like a 20 share. Do, do you know what? Popular TV gets now like a four share. Yeah. 20 million people watching. Well, that. but also Ish, think about it, know. man. It's oh, this was this was back when four <sighs> networks. Yeah. And and cable at that time wasn't what cable is now. No. You know. 100 percent. And but uh, by the end, they're at a 12 share. Yeah. So. Mwah. But if you want to, so we were actually talking about this uh, before we were recording a couple days ago. If you want to get a really good feel, excuse me, of what it felt like to watch the TV show when you were the right age to watch the TV show, then go and watch the 2010 A-Team movie. Because that movie captured the entire essence and soul and fun and comedy and action of what the TV show felt like when you were watching it when you were like when you were of age when you were the right age to watch right. that in the 80s um Liam Neeson is Hannibal Bradley Cooper is face uh Quentin Rampage Jackson as BA Brockus uh Charlotte Copley as Murdoch um it just had a really good cast and a really good feel. Like it, it really the st- the the steering. I should say the flying the tank scene encapsulates what the A Team TV show was all about. Okay. So definitely check that out, and then you won't really have to go back and watch the TV show because it's one of those things where. You'll watch that movie, and then you may go back and watch a TV show and go, how did they come up with this amazingly fun movie from this <laughs> source material? Like, what? From this forgotten verse from a Billy Joel song. Yeah, basically. What about you folks out there? Were you A-Team fans? Was this your jam? What did you think of the final season of the A-Team? And what other season finales and show finales have we not hit on that you, my friends, want us to talk about? Where can they tell us? You can go over to somethingcast.com to find all things somethings. Our Twitter at STSTCast. Our Twitch over at twitch.tv slash somethingcast.com. Our Facebook, our email. You can find all the different podcatchers that you can listen to us on. Uh, Our stores over at shop.somethingcast.com. Hit us up over at somethingcast.com. Listen to the episode. Hit us on the Twitter or on the Facebook. Let us know what you thought of the episode. What other end episodes you would like to hear us do. 
And since this is the last episode of September, I'm looking forward to October. It is spooky. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to have to figure something out for that again. Yeah. I'm sure I'm sure we'll come up with something. Yeah, all right. That's fine. We're good at this. Yeah. All right. We're we're C average 2.0. You're getting we're, into college, but we're barely passing at this after 8 yeah. years. With that, I'm James Atten. I'm Podcast Rob. We'll see you guys next time. Later. Later.